0: There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.
1: Welcome to 47 Survivors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the ABC TV series The Crossing. I'm Terry.
0: I'm Sean Fangirl West.
2: And I'm Steve, and we'll be discussing Episode 9 of The Crossing.
0: All right, Steve, what do you got for us with ratings this week?
2: All right, Episode 9 brought in a 0.6 and a 3 share in adults 18 to 49 with 3.04 million viewers. That's up. Which were all
0: up from
2: the previous week and the previous several weeks, actually.
0: Come (laughs) on, I mean, we have so much going on during like, the second half of most of these seasons, which they're putting new shows out, you got to remember, you have, like, sports happening, and come on. When you had the Golden Knights make it to Stanley Cup, their first season in the league, that was kind of huge. So a lot of people are not watching their regular shows. And Washington
2: actually getting to the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Just as huge.
0: Yes, yes, it's true. (laughs) Oh, man, I wish I put 20 bucks in Vegas on, (laughs) on the Golden Knights, so damn. Anyway, I'd have had so much money. And a little bit of news, too, you have for us about our show. Yes.
2: Episode 10 and 11 are airing on Saturday, June 9th, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern.
0: So I'm glad we're getting getting
2: back to back. Yes, we get to finish the show.
0: So that'll be the actual finale then that day, right? Yes. So unfortunately, it won't be live tweeted our normal time, but hopefully we'll have most of the people on with us.
2: Yep. From what I gathered, most of the people that live tweet with us will be there.
0: Awesome. And Terry will be waving from the sidelines.
1: Yes, I'm I'm twitless. Pom pom. <laughs> That's right. I am just call me pom pom. That's right. It's <laughs> my new nickname, Pom Pom.
2: It's Twitter Pom Pums. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sounds I, like a candy. I
0: swear yeah. i would going to make you a Twitter now that's going to yeah. be called Twitter pom-poms.
1: Just. Uh, that sounds like a candy, like new Nestle's Twitter pom-pom. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God. That's good. Yeah, I just pictured Terry with pom-poms. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Episode nine. Who is taking us in? Because I yeah, can't Yeah, Like of the,
1: so like the hut in a cheerleader skirt. Thanks a lot. I appreciate <laughs> that. You're all heart. Thanks.
0: Uh. That's gonna be the picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> together, Sean. All right, I'm gonna try episode nine. Yeah, <laughs> sure you are. Hope <laughs> smiles. <laughs> <laughs> Hope smiles from the threshold. A local homeless woman's surprise connection to the crossing provides Jude and Nestor with crucial answers about what really happened at the threshold. Meanwhile. Naomi's growing influence at the camp leads to a shocking confrontation. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, we we got a lot more answers than I was expecting this episode.
2: Yeah. Yes, we did.
0: All right. This
1: was really good. Uh, this was, like, was. better than last week's,
0: yeah. I would like to talk about the future.
1: All right. Go for it.
0: <laughs> we actually see what happened during the departure, which... It was surprising. I didn't think we were actually ever going to see this. I don't know about you guys.
1: Yeah, we kept seeing just little bits.
0: So we had, in the year 2194, Rebecca's daughter, Rachel, being taken in the night. And Mm. I was surprised, I don't know about you guys, because they didn't even try to take out Rachel. Like, I just assumed they would take the kids and kill the parents. Yeah. So were either of you surprised that that didn't happen?
1: Yeah. A little bit, yeah.
2: I guess they were assuming that Mantle's disease would be the thing that would go ahead and take them out. Take them, yeah.
1: sure. Yeah, sure. Done. Uh, okay. Yeah, let that let them wither away. It. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's bullet, less bullets we have to use or whatever technology it is. Just take her because we want her and they can just, they're going to wither away over a generation or two. So,
0: you know what? That's interest, interesting. I can't talk. You guys brought that up then. Why wouldn't they assume that the kids somehow would have mantles if they designed it to take those kids out.
1: Well, they have a cure to that. Do
0: they officially? I thought they said there was no cure.
1: I thought they yeah. said there was. Oh, no? Okay. There's no cure for it. Oh, no, okay. For humans.
0: Oh, see, now the plot thickens. Great. Now I have another question, we only have two more episodes.
1: Oh, i got to put down my pom-poms, then. Hold on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, following this incident, though, Caleb, who wasn't there during this this incident, he was very distraught about it, we shall say. He yeah. had decided that we need to leave now. We need to get the heck out and we need to go to the long piece. But of course, Mm-mm. Rebecca at this point is like, they just took our daughter. We need to find her. I understand her, her point of view. And I also understand Caleb's because Caleb, who has been basically fighting, I'm guessing he's been resistance this whole time.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah.
0: He's never in the whole time he's been doing this found any of the kids so i understand strictly from a i don't think we'll ever see her point of view and we don't know if she's even alive even though that has to be like the worst thing you could ever feel as a parent we need to get out and save ourselves which oh that's got to be so hard and rebecca of course wanting to stay but Like, how do you guys feel about it? Like, do you think Caleb jumped it too soon, or do you think that they just weren't showing us the actual time span before that
1: decision was made? It could be that, but I I think that we saw in the two of them the kind of feelings that a parent of the pair would have conflicted inside of them. I want to rescue my child, Mama or Papa Bear protecting their cub. But also, their apex is so powerful that the odds of being able to get her back are are pretty slim. So it's kind of like to me, it was they were using both of them to show the dichotomy of a person racking their brain. I want to do this, but maybe I'd better go do that, and how much that struggle is. So instead of seeing one of the two of them going through that struggle, we're seeing the two ends of that struggle in each of them. Right. You know, she being the bear protecting her cub, and then he being the more pragmatic one of. That sucks that they got her. I don't like it either, but how the heck are we going to ever get her back? And if right. he was indeed, and if he was indeed part of the resistance, he knew why they were taking them. So, right. I know. I think, he, I think, I think he knew why they were taking them. And I think Rebecca either was part of the resistance slightly or not as much as Caleb was because Naomi's the one previously who explained to her why her and other kids were taken. She seems to get that information for the first time from uh, Naomi, right? hmm So.
0: I know. I kind of go that's off script asking you guys these questions, but these are the like things it. that kind of, like, stuck out to me. Right. And that's why I'm like, I can't be the only one. Okay. So. No,
2: I mean, they get your kid, and you're in a hopeless situation as it is. Yes. They know that there is a possibility of getting to the long piece And the only way that they think that Caleb thinks that they're going to even be able to survive is to get to the long piece and start all over.
0: And trying to get there, we do see the threshold, which we don't see what it was, but it was like in a warehouse. Yeah. And the line to get in there, like. That's not a way to hide whatever's happening, is all I'm saying. No. There was hundreds was of people, if not thousands.
1: Thousands, thousands. Yeah, it was like of a line, line, of- line Almost all the way to the city.
0: It was like, it was Black like a line Friday of- to an extreme.
1: Yes. <laughs> It's like a lineup for a Nickelback concert. But, um, <laughs>
0: Wait, I don't think the lines are that long anymore. But so
1: The other thing that has not come out at all, and not that they really need to do this, but the other thing you're talking about, asking questions or ideas that kind of offshoot, is that there's nothing's been said, and not that you have a kid to replace another one, I'm not saying that, but it's never been said that Rebecca can no longer have children. So maybe... Caleb has the idea that we could still have another child and still have a family, whether he's being so shallow, it's like, oh, you lost one, replace another, like, car. Or he realizes the situation, as dire as it was, and maybe he's thinking if we make it to the long piece and everything works out, somehow, way, if we get settled down again, we could, we could start another family again. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think uh, he does uh, kind of say that, too, at one point. Really? Known. I
0: thought so. Maybe I'm j- maybe I'm just projecting what it, I kind of feel like he was. Yeah, thinking. I
1: don't think. Yeah, I don't think they've ever said anything about she can't have kids anymore. So, right. like I said, it could be that he is so businesslike that he is like, oh, that's not really the husbandry thing to say. Of ah, we're gonna have another one and replace the one we lost. Or he could be more of a a loving husband and and somehow saying at some point maybe we could start another family if things work out. Mm-hmm. So, and I you know and I think even Rebecca would have uh not an easy time with that conversation no matter how tenderly Caleb might put it. She'd be like, "Yeah, but we lost our, you know, we lost right. Rachel."
0: Yeah, I so. can see it not being an easy conversation.
1: Oh, like well, it wouldn't or... be. anyway, Sure, yeah. Yeah, like even if you just had a kid who who got uh, some disease and died young. It's like, you know, you don't just sit there and say, "Oh, it's been uh 2 weeks. Let's let's procreate." Right, right. You just don't do that. But still, it would be a tough conversation, so I don't know, maybe that's part of what he's thinking, I don't know.
0: Well, even when Caleb, again, Mr. All-Business, and yeah. I, he's got to be much stronger, which is probably means he's, when he breaks down, it's going to be the worst thing that we see. Woo-hoo. But he's inside the warehouse, and he sees a guy, I think the name was Eli, and he's the it's one old. who has Naomi with him. Yep. And how does he know that this guy is a con man right away, which this is a big question mark for me. It's like, all right, so he knows some stuff, and he doesn't know who the kid is, though. And he doesn't realize who Naomi is until she wakes up and she starts doing all the weird writing in the cabin. But he seemed to know that, or do you think he just pieced it together, that Eli was just going to use Naomi for his own gain in the past or present.
2: Right, yeah. I believe he knew who Eli was. Yeah,
0: But not who Naomi was.
2: Right. Okay. If this girl was associated with Eli, then more than likely she's a con person too.
1: Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. There's something something about there that about her that just kind of strikes as, you know, false guru to me. Right. It just yeah,
2: she knows the history and she can profit on that.
1: Sure. But something just doesn't seem right. Right. I haven't
2: really seen any kind of uh, extreme high intelligence from her like the others. So that must have been a con job just to get her into being Mm -hmm. one of the um, children that the
0: Apex took. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. And we finally find out who this mystery woman is. Well, her name's Diana. And she is with a woman... scientist or whatnot, but we find out later that it's her wife, Grace, that they're the ones who built the machine and were operating the time machine. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so she has an idea, maybe she can do something else in the now. But we see Reese also push at the front of the line with her daughter, and she knocked a guy, like, clean out, and nobody even, like, thought twice about it.
1: I know, what the hell?
0: But she's like, uh, Apex are coming. We need to go. And I don't know why they didn't ask her like how she knew. Just they are all freaked out like, oh, crap, they're coming. And suddenly we hear some explosions. And obviously the place is now under siege and everybody starts to panic. Yeah, because I would be panicking, too. Well, that's going to sure. cause a stampede. And everybody who is inside the building, they're probably not making it as it is. Yep, so right. all those people pushing from the back really aren't making it.
1: Right. The only thing that seemed odd was like nobody knew that she was Apex in the in the future in the the flash forward back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know um, it's difficult. Like
1: yeah, <laughs> you know, nobody seemed to know that they you know like she knew that they were coming and all of a sudden you heard the bombs in the distance getting closer. Whereas on this side in the present day, they know about her, right? They, they, like they... when they were wa- when they were walking Hannah around, why is everybody looking at me? And they're just trying to pass off the story about well, you know, someone's, been, I forget what they said, someone's been sick for a while and now you're doing better and they didn't want to see if you're okay or whatever, trying to calm her concerns, but they're looking at her like they know who she is. Well,
2: and, yeah, it was and, because yeah. nobody ever survives Mantle's disease. Yeah, and,
1: and I, I, so, I, well, Caleb seems to know that Reese is Apex.
2: I'm sure he
1: does. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like somebody, there's a, there's a trickle of knowledge about Reese now. Where it did seem like nobody knew it then. She just stormed ahead of the line and said, we got to get going because Apex is coming. Right. That, that was the only thing that seemed kind of odd to me. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's because of the confusion of what happened. Like, maybe not everybody realized who she was. But we also find out why everybody landed in the ocean, finally. Because uh, yeah. they did not have time to calibrate the machine. And they did say, though, that they were not going to be able to get everybody out. Right. Right. Which, obviously, this means it's not something along the lines of, like, the Stargate, like I think we've talked about before. Yeah. yeah, Where you can just keep going through. It's like a group, and then... And finally, we find out that it's supposed to have been destroyed, but we don't really know. That's Uh, right. And this Mm -hmm. is where it's like, oh... on
2: it not being destroyed.
0: Right. And that could have taken us into Season 2 quite easily. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, that makes me so mad. What if they drop that little tidbit on us and we don't have a season two? Yeah. Jerks! Yep. Alright. So, who wants to talk about the locals?
2: I'll take it. So, Jude finally gets to talk to our so-called Mary, who was arrested at the roadblock.
3: Mary, <laughs> Mary. And, of Mary.
2: course, she has no ID and isn't offering any information. And Jude and Esther go aside and possibly taking a different approach. Jude comes back and tells her he knows about the threshold in the first arrival. Whoa!
0: But she doesn't even
2: flinch. No. Doesn't blink an eye. So you go, okay, well, that's this one calm cookie here.
0: Right. It's like, okay, maybe she doesn't know, except we know she does know. Maybe she had amnesia or something.
2: Right. So, of course, Jude gets her stuff and Brings it in and tells her he, she's free to go.
0: Oh, wait, but wasn't he asking her, oh, you're free to go if you can name a Kardashian?
1: Yeah, anything in pop culture. A like football one of the, team. Yeah, any team. team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they don't have Kardashi Well, they probably all died off. But apparently they don't have football in the 22nd century. No, but yeah. the, really
0: what got me is when he brings her a sandwich and like he's not in the room. <laughs> And it's a BLT, and she's looking at it and smelling the bacon. I'm like, what is wrong with you? That's bacon. Okay. See, obviously, I'm a carnivore. So I'm not trying to upset any vegetarians out there, but bacon. It's the holy grail. (laughs) For those of us who eat meat. And I was just like, she looked so, like, what is this? I'm like, oh, my God. Now you Uh, know she's not from around here."
3: here. Right there. That was
0: your test.
1: I'd like to see a scene where they go to, like, a communal table in the camp and they bring, like, 20 bags of McDonald's and the people just stare at it trying to figure out what it is. (laughs) Like, what is this? Here's some ice cream. What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. what is that? They probably just have Dippin' Dots in the future. Oh. That'd be sad. So later on,
2: (laughs) see Jude and Nestor in the vehicle tracking something. And you go, Of of course. You sneaky sly dog, you.
1: Oh, and you knew that. Well, of
2: course. So <laughs> yeah. they pull up to an abandoned home and find Mary inside.
0: Oh, yeah. She I, she seemed so pissed that they tracked her. She's like, you followed yeah. me? And he's like, no. We put a tracker on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: this followed you. <laughs>
0: and at that point, she's just like, fine. It's like, "Well, wow, that was yeah. easy.
2: Yeah. Esther comes in and says, uh, Jude, you need to see this.
0: What did you guys think it was before we seen it?
1: I thought she was building a TARDIS. (laughs) Just my own personal I would be okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. (laughs) You mean before we actually saw the device? Yeah. I thought it might have been a picture or something.
2: Ooh. Uh, Being what it actually ended up being made the most sense.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. She said before we saw it. I'm like, I I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's a Vegematic. <laughs>
0: you know, it, I was it slices it, you when know. we seen it. I was thinking it was like some kind of bomb. I was like, "What a, the heck? A, a bomb or a bong?" A <laughs> bong. <laughs> With a b at the end.
1: Oh okay, got you. Oh, my goodness. Waiting for Cheech Chong to show up. Hey, man, what do you got over here? All right, Steve.
0: Keep
2: going. Keep going. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) she explains to Jude and that she tried to seal the threshold as she passed through so Apex could not cross. But she can't be sure, so she built a device that would potentially alert her when someone makes the crossing.
0: Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a little just throwaway line, does it? No.
2: No, not at all. Yeah. That was a big deal. So of course they end up going back to the station and Diane tells Jude that the first arrival was twenty-four adults and one ten year old girl.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh yeah. what does Another this mean? Another little bomb drop there. Yeah. No. So, okay. Did they actually say ten year old girl or a ten year old? And I only I, ask this because <clears throat> When we have the situation at the police department, they keep showing this really young police officer. And that's why I wasn't sure if they had said girl, because they just kept looking at the the younger cop in the station. And I'm like, what if it's him?
1: That's a good question. I I think they said girl, but now you're asking. Now I'm not sure.
0: I just thought it seemed kind of weird. And that's why I was thinking maybe I didn't hear
1: girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I trust nothing. I know. I've heard that about you. (laughs) So do you think that at some point in our final two back-to-back episodes, we're going to see that device work? Oh, yeah. It's going to kick on? I definitely I think, think it. So. Yeah, I think it will. Yep. Yeah. My I right. think if you had a season two, you wouldn't let it turn on until then, but I think we might see it, yeah, Yeah, you know, like I it on. would
0: have been in the finale. Sure, yeah. sure.
2: So, of course, Jude automatically goes to his files and pulls out pictures of Lindauer and Greta. Hmm. And... Sure enough, they were part of the first arrival, but their names are Noah and Eve.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the next time he sees Lindauer, he he needs to be like, "Hey Noah."
2: Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> now then, Nestor comes in and informs Jude he has a visitor.
0: This can only end well.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, apparently the first arrivals have caught wind of Diana's presence and send Doyle, formerly D- Delilah, as an FBI agent to retrieve her from the station. Mm-hmm. Now, Jude played this really well.
0: Oh, oh he was my God. amazing. He that deserves an Academy Award for that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go make a call uh, and see what her status is. And of course, he goes into his office. Has Diane take a peek, and she says, "Ah, yes, that's Delilah, the assassin."
1: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that was yeah. Steve, that was Steve Zahn's best scene in the series so far. Oh, it was! I loved it. He played it right on the mark. Oh, it was so good. I was, oh, just, was the only thing that he... would have made it perfect was if he gave her the raspberry, you know? <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, he comes back out and informs her that. You just missed her. They just let her
1: go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh shucks. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: And then it's like, oh, and to put a little salt in that wound. when he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know what? You can get everything we have. Oh, we're just going to need that paperwork. You know, yeah. paper trail. And, mm. like, when he says that and she's just looking at him, like, you just seen the daggers flying out of her eyes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. You knew she wanted to, like, blow up the joint, but it's like, I gotta play it cool. This guy's really yanking my chain, but I gotta play it cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just enjoying yanking the chain. It was beautiful. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And Nestor's in the background. Nestor's kind of watching. You only see him like briefly, like in the background, because it's just focused on uh, the two of them. And later, when he walks over to Nestor's, like uh, we got a mover, and Nestor's like, "Yep."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nestor. Nestor did good keeping it together.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: beautiful. Of course, later on, we see that. They've moved her to Marshall's trailer, and as they're trying to figure out what to do to save the camp, Diana comes up with this statement, says, I can build a device to make the survivors disappear.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, what does that mean? Say what? I th- I was thinking Doctor Who in, a, in, like, a pocket universe. Right, yeah. Or even Fringe had, within the parallel universe, they had a pocket universe. Yeah, uh, in one of the episodes. So that's what I was thinking. Was she going to create like this cone within a, a cone bubble. within a cone, a bubble or what? Yeah. yeah. And what's it going to take to build it? She's got this device, and Nestor can carry the device because he moves it. Right. He's able to carry it and move it, which I guess you don't need a a large contraption to to figure that stuff out. I, I would imagine.
2: No, because basically she said she tells him that this device actually m- measures barometric pressure
1: yeah you know so
2: it goes up that's when something's going on (laughs) on.
1: and i'm thinking okay well yeah that doesn't need to be i mean it could have been a large device it could have been like said nestor could carry it but you're going to do that to hide all the survivors like well how big is that going to have to be i don't think you can have a device around the same size as that to accomplish that goal yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think so i mean
0: I guess we have to wait and see. Ah!
1: (laughs) Well, let's go to the camp. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go camping. So there's uh, some graffiti, and I was kind of looking for, like, the the kind of art with the funky stylized letters, not just slapped on one-color paint monochrome (laughs) four-letter thing. But I guess that counts as graffiti, too. WDTL. What
0: does that mean?
1: What does Terry like? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Terry, I like pom-poms! Terry likes pom-poms. Uh, I like Twitter pom-poms! <laughs> and grape and cherry! Um, so yeah, they kept mentioning it. We didn't see the WTL right away. They kept mentioning about this graffiti on a building uh, before they had the camera where you could see it. And uh, we see Rebecca confessing to Naomi. Rebecca is really falling under Naomi's spell and she confides in her that she feels she abandoned Rachel and Naomi Naomi of course is using that to to further lure her into leaving with leaving with her leaving the camp that night oh boy again this some, can only end well exactly <laughs> late night 711 run and someone or some people has started this graffiti tagging the acronym WDTL on the cabins And we later find out that it stands for, we deserve to live. And that was a phrase that became a symbol of the Rebellion in the future. Kind of like in Fringe where Etta died and they had pictures of her with simply the word resist Mm. in posters and on sides of buildings. So this was there across the board. Everybody gets this who's in the Rebellion battle cry, WDTL. And you could paint that faster than painting all four words, of course. <laughs> now, WDTL, run. Go to the next building. So Bryce had Roy and another agent paint over it. You're on paint duty, and uh, Naomi actually meets with Bryce. Over at this place, it looks kind of cool, but it, it seems counterproductive. It's like this open-air area with, like, a roof and, like, picnic tables there, but then there's, like, a fire thing there. It's like, well, what good is that fire going to do if you're in the open, unless <laughs> you're sitting, like, right next to it? It looks like a neat space, but so uh, she meets with Bryce and makes him an offer of wealth in exchange for escape and protection. I was kind of thinking about all these pop culture references. I was thinking about in the second Back to the Future where Marty gets that book of all the sports results. It's like, oh, I'm from the future. and And all you got to do and she's telling him, all you got to do is what I tell you to do. You know, so she's kind of like suckering him in. So she knows how to play people. That's to me, that kind of further can convince me she's she's a con woman. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of nailed it for me right there. He refuses at first, and then she tells him that an earthquake magnitude 7.5 is going to hit Peru today. Yeah, right.
0: Right. Because that hasn't happened. Although, didn't that actually just
1: happen recently? Yeah, <laughs> somewhere down now there. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you people are like future predictors. This is creepy. And so he sees the reports on TV of the earthquake, and they have camera shots on the ground like they do. Here's the, the, the death and devastation of the earthquake. And it's like, oh, my God. So that's probably the nail in the coffin for Bryce. It's like, well, I think I better follow this lady. So later, Linda Hauer meets with Bryce off camp and asks about Naomi and whether she has made any bold predictions. Gee, wonder I wonder why. Yeah. And you know what struck me odd? Of course, she wasn't, we didn't, we just saw her up and around here recently. But you know what struck me odd is, you know, he's asking that about her now and and nobody's, like, he didn't ask Jude if uh, Reese made any weird predictions. Of course, Reese doesn't seem to have that ability or she's not interested in it anyway. It's like, yeah, we're sitting here saying, you know, I wonder why, but it's like, and we know, you know, we can figure out why, but it just seemed like, Now you're asking that about somebody? So that's why I don't know if Naomi is working for the first group, which him asking Bryce could be, you know, you could say, well, then why would he ask Bryce? Well, he could be playing Bryce for a fool too, just pumping him for information, seeing if, if she is indeed working for the first group, if she's like shooting off her mouth about predictions and maybe blowing her cover. Right. So, but I thought it's just odd. He's asking like now. (laughs) <laughs> like why wouldn't he showed up in the hospital when she was under? You know. I'm guessing say, he
0: has no idea who she actually is and he's just fishing. I think
1: well, why would he ask that question about her when she ends up actually yeah, doing? Well, I, I
0: do something? Well, no, I think he did see the uh the picture of the the mark, right? Right. So yes. that's
1: probably why he's asking if
0: there's a prediction, yeah. but I think he's the really rash. fishing
1: at this point. <laughs> yeah, the rash. <laughs> That's a rash. No, it's yeah. not, fool. Like you are the worst uh, nurse ever if you think that's a rash. Get her away from me and get me a Band-Aid. So uh, Bryce tells him that she hasn't, and he just wants to make sure she gets better. <laughs> yeah, Bryce played
2: him off, He, mm-hmm. which was interesting to see him do that because he's been so by the book up until this point. Uh, he's fallen for it, too. So, yeah, so maybe he, because of... Uh, Them finding Emma last week, maybe he's a little more, uh, shall we say, curious about his boss.
1: Yeah, I I would imagine that, and again, they don't have to do this, but I would imagine there might be more kinks in the armor, cracks in the wall, whatever analogy you want to use, about the the agents there at the camp and more news kind of trickling through the pipeline, you know, because I'm sure they all talk to each other. And, you know, more of them saying, you know, what are we doing here? and What's this really all about? Right. So maybe that's the first king, or it could simply be like we're saying he's just falling under Naomi's spell. But he he definitely is. He's playing both ends against the middle, it seems like, right now, until later in the episode. Caleb now is talking to Rebecca, and he warns her that people like Naomi, who can't get their way with brute force, are the most dangerous, and they get it, by manipulation.
0: Well, he's not wrong. Nope. (laughs) Especially when he says, don't you remember when those kids... Basically, lifted everything you had.
1: Right.
2: Stole all your money. Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Caleb knows a lot more than I think we already suspect he does. Right. I think that might be why Caleb seems like, I guess you could say a hard ass, but you know, like emotionless, because I think he's got so much that he knows and so much that he's keeping quiet that that's the way that it's manifesting. He's just kind of playing it monotone and he's not really joking around and he's not letting down his guard you know
2: no he's still doing what he was doing in the future mm-hmm.
1: he might have been one of the big ones because we saw some of that dynamic earlier in the season he might have been one of the big honchos somehow some way along the, the the chain with the resistance right anyway caleb tries to explain the only way he can deal with the loss of their daughter is for him to move on which is the way that some people do that yep uh. I know, but I'm just yeah. Um,
0: I know you got you got the groan from me, but yes, I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rebecca eventually leaves with Naomi because she like doesn't move and like everybody. Naomi's like, well, I will give Naomi points. I dig a lot of candles around in a room at nighttime. <laughs> doesn't have to be for romance. I just dig candles, so I give her points for ambiance. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she's got everybody there, and they all start to leave, and. Rebecca's kind of just sitting there And Naomi comes over to her and wishes her well She begins to leave And Rebecca finally says, I'll go with you Because there was a part where When she's walking away from Rebecca I thought, well damn, Rebecca's actually going to stay oh. Yeah, I thought then so she, for a minute Yeah, I was like Oh, she's going to keep her butt right Oh, crap <laughs> I'll go with you Other refugees, Naomi and them, they go And EJ leads them through the woods to grandmother's house we go. And Bryce meets them before they escape and tells EJ to hand over his weapon.
0: Now, why now do this... you think he knew EJ was the weak link?
2: I'm not sure he knew that it was no. EJ that was going to be the weak link. He just figured that Naomi would try another
1: guard. Oh, okay. And it could have been a power move. He wanted to be the one to do it. Or, and it would have had to have happened off camera, she might have played the two against each other. Right? Oh. Okay. Might have had a separate conversation that we didn't see with EJ, did that, but eventually, if Bryce is going to follow her, figured he was the stronger of the two and said, Well, come out to the woods. Because it's like, how did he know how to be there to catch him? Right. Just by sheer luck? I mean, do they have guards wandering the woods? Seems like they only send the Homeland Security people out into the woods when there's a need to. Seems like they're quite comfortable having their guards just walking among the camp and then fencing the camp in. Oh. So they might have them go through the woods from now and then, but it just seemed to me that that was awfully convenient. Bryce met them and stopped them there. Yeah. Just a little too convenient. Caleb hears a shot fired, goes to investigate, telling the others to stay in their cabins. Yeah, good luck with that.
0: Which I'm shocked that because Roy was going out there, Roy didn't stop Caleb. Maybe because Caleb's right. so much yeah. bigger, and he's just like, yeah, you know what, yeah, come on
1: yeah that was really weird because i figured they would have that's a shot you all kind of lay back where the agents let us go yeah and never even gave him a second look they all just went towards to where they heard the shot come from i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> that really struck me odd i was like damn
2: yeah they should have done exactly what caleb did to the others that came out of their camp they should have yeah. put him back in his cabin and then yeah. went on there you go
1: holla and so they find Bryce and EJ on the ground with a gunshot wound to the stomach. Yeah. Or not, which Bryce one? Yeah, was it
2: Bryce or was it EJ? I
0: was. It just... looked
2: like it was Bryce to me. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking. And this, when that happened, I'm like, oh my god, no!
1: Another one gone. So it might have been she. She did play him, but you know, instead of Bryce being the strong one, she flipped the flip, <laughs> and you know, had EJ. Maybe she figured Bryce was just going to be an easy mark. And then again, being that he was hesitant at first, she might have started talking to this EJ and figured, well, the hell with Bryce? Bryce is dragging his heels. Right. So, so apparently she flipped the flip. If that was, it looked like Bryce to me too. It was, it was an odd camera angle. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was really, really bizarre. You know, I'm thinking back to a film, I forget what year it was called, Jagged Edge, had Jeff Bridges and oh, the woman that was in Fail Attraction, Try, uh, Glenn Close. And he's at the end of the film and the way that he shot. Like people were asking critics, film critics, you know, who exactly is that person in that final shot? Because the camera's at a funky angle and you couldn't quite tell. But this one here, it seemed like it was Bryce. So Roy radios for help as Caleb runs ahead, screaming for Rebecca. You know, Caleb knows uh, she's drank the Kool-Aid. Yep. So that's going to be an interesting situation. I wonder if we're going to see Caleb actually in this next episode running into the words further. Or if he's going to, you know, is Roy going to tell him, come on back to the camp? I could see him running into the woods for her. So uh, we got the, the lovebirds, the the tragic couple, Roy and Hannah. Uh, and Roy is, uh, I hate saccharin. So Roy is painting off the graffiti. Uh, actually, the other guy is. And Hannah tries to talk to him, but he tells her he has to work. Yeah, Roy is kind of obnoxious, though.
0: <laughs> At least ask her, like, what this means or something.
1: Right. I think he figured. I think he thinks he knows. The, you know what the deal is. He doesn't, but I think he thinks it's like, well, that's her boyfriend. <laughs> so I'm out. You know, the sad puppy thing. Later, Hannah finds roy's doing some paperwork. She apologizes for leading him on, which to me was kind of odd. She said that it was like, so you're admitting you let him on. That kind of suggests that if he has the suspicion, the picture of Marshall in there really is your boyfriend. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I thought it was odd that she said that to him. Maybe she felt that's what she should say. And she explains how she was anxious to make a friend, and she didn't consider how things might be from his perspective. That's fair enough. And she realizes he's now reluctant to talk to her, but gives him flowers, one yellow and one white, tied with hemp. Yeah! (laughs) And I love her already. And in her time, the the two flowers symbolized an apology.
0: See, I wasn't sure if it was just two flowers or the colors or what the was. I think was. it
2: was the color. Okay. Yeah, one yeah. yellow, one white is... Well, it's just like roses. white is kind of peacemaking. Yeah, a symbol for surrender. Yep. And so, yeah, I can see that
1: just like roses, like a red rose is supposed to mean love, a white rose is oh, okay. supposed to mean friendship, you know, not not deep affection, love, a white rose, you know, so it could have been that that's what the yellow and the white meant. I could see, like Steve's saying, you know, white is the symbol of surrender. You put up the white flag. It's kind of like you're humbling yourself. Right. Kind of a thing. And yellow probably just means, oh, I feel so embarrassed I wet my pants. <laughs> Who knows what the future holds?
0: Who knows?
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> oh, let's talk about somebody from the first arrival, shall we? Who? Eve. <laughs> okay. Or Snake, whatever we want to call her. Snake? Um... She has Paul set up a nice little hidey hole house. Interesting. Yeah. She's, I'm like, okay, so you're able to find a place for him, and it's all cool, but the rest of them are stuck at the camp. Got it. She's bringing him food and acting like, oh, it's no big deal. So she obviously hasn't told him, oh, yeah, I got remarried, and there's a kid. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of questions, well, why can't I go with you to your place?
0: Yeah. Uh, you just can't. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Oh, hey, look, raspberries. It's like, what yeah. is he, like, a kid with ADD? It's like, let me, let me distract him with this.
1: I like how he said we had some at the camp.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I think like, at this point, go. yeah, he's like, all right, something's not right, which I'm happy yeah. he's saying that.
1: Yeah. Well, she's just trying to give him perks for working with her. It's like, oh, you did the little video I wanted to, and now we're reunited, so look at this nice home you get to stay in instead of the camp. I think it's just like, uh, you're working with us, even though she's probably not wording it that way to him. Uh, You get a little perk, you get a nice home, I'm bringing you food.
0: Yeah, but I think that video is finally like weighing on him because after she leaves, and I'm surprised they didn't somehow like pat him down for anything, but he still has Jude's card and he calls him and tells him about that video.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't take that from him too. But. Surprise.
0: He doesn't tell Jude who made him do the video. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, I get it. He doesn't want to give up his wife. But at the same time, he's like, eh, I think they're going to have something really bad happen to everybody. And it's all going to be because of this tape. That. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. glad he warned Jude.
1: That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because Jude yep. was like, oh, crap.
2: Yeah. We got to save these
1: people. Right. I think because of everything going on, Jude's spidey senses are like in constant tingling mode. So even what Paul did tell him, you know, that's like a that's almost like a full page. Here's what you need to know, even though I didn't tell you for Jude to say, I'm going to go into action. Right. Yeah. Jude doesn't need that much now to spring to action at this point. So,
0: oh, man. But we have more happening. Oh, we have Lindauer. Oh, Lindauer, I don't like you. Getting notified about the graffiti. Yep. And he's talking to Eve about it later and he's like, "Are we now the people who are doing this and causing mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. to to ask this question?" Mm-hmm. And oh my god, Eve, she's like, "What are you doubting the plan?" And I was yeah. actually on board with Lindauer for a second. Yep. When he's like, "Every time somebody shows an ounce of com- compassion, you think they're doubting what the overall plan is.
1: Yeah. I was
0: like, damn. Is he maybe going to come over to the side of good? Which I knew wasn't going to happen, maybe.
1: but. Well, maybe if it does not yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys uh, think this was, maybe? I think, I think maybe, because this is the second time we've seen him act that way. Right. This is the second he, kink well, in the armor here.
2: I'm really liking this idea of no, mass killing. No.
1: No, Uh uh-uh. you know, his because his whole he's remembering what the original idea was go to the past so that you can correct the future from happening the way that it did, because right. in the future, a lot of people were getting killed for the wrong reasons. So we're going to go to the past and change what's going to be history so that when we get to the future, everything's different. And now this this mass killing that she's going to, even though they didn't mention it the first time. He showed compassion. Now, this is why we're seeing the second kink in his armor of this is not why we're here. <laughs> you know, you're going to do a like a Jonestown type of deal. This isn't what we came here for. This isn't supposed no, to be. Oh, he's part afraid of it.
2: they're becoming Apex.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think he just might do a flop over. Yeah. I, I think he just might. Yep. Because hmm. let's face it, wouldn't you love to see a showdown between him and uh, Eve? I, on, I, would, I would, I would. Yeah, there you go. Thank
0: you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then we still get another bomb dropped on us as ah. he goes home that evening. Ah. And we see a daughter.
0: Oh. Yeah, not only did a bomb drop,
1: my jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah, this was like, whoa.
2: <laughs> With the mark, the yep. brand, named Rachel. Was
0: it? I didn't catch
2: that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. called her Rachel. I did
2: yes, not did. catch that. Yes, he did. And the book she's in is Cryptography and cryptanalysis. Ooh. I don't think she she could have known Naomi.
1: Sure, she could have. They both have that brand. Interesting. Yes. Those are the only two people we have seen so far who have that same brand. Right. Naomi knows how to write in the Apex language, which studying cryptography and cryptoanalysis would be helpful just like studying hieroglyphics in order to translate. Exactly. So, yeah, that's when he said Rachel was the first jaw to the floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I just, well, the seeing, kid just, I'm like, what? Yeah, seeing the kid, yeah, that was the first. Then the second one was when he said Rachel. Then the third time was looking at the what she's studying. I was like, oh, my God. Right,
2: and she looked like she
1: was fairly early
2: 20s. Yeah. So, The young girl that came with the first arrival would be about that age. Would be about 10. So, yeah, that That all adds up.
1: up. Oh, lordy, lordy. So maybe he's worried about something happening to his daughter if you have this mass killing and just like you have collateral damage when you drop a bomb, because there are no surgical strikes. Sorry, military. Uh, That something could happen to her. Yeah. 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 So, I, I think that we saw Lindauer for the jerk that he is having a lot more compassion and remembering and wanting to stick with the original plan more than anybody else. Right. That's why I think he's going to do a flop over. He's going to switch over. Interesting.
0: Right. And hopefully,
2: yeah. Elia won't kill him before uh, he gets to flip. But...
1: <laughs> yeah. Please don't let her find out about him.
2: <laughs> right.
1: I want to see the showdown just like Harry. And Voldemort. I want to see, sh- see a showdown between Lindauer and Eve. Please, 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 come on.
2: Yeah, we got two <laughs> episodes. Let's make it happen.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want to drop that popcorn on the floor. Yeah. Hey, Steve, did we get
2: any feedback today? Oh, we sure did. Once again, our best feedbacker ever, Fred, has sent us some feedback. So let's take a listen.
3: Hello Fangirl Zone podcasters, this is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the 47 Survivor podcast about The Crossing Season 1 Episode 9. First off, I just got the double episode season finale available to watch, but I will stay away from that until I have recorded this feedback first. I don't want to be influenced by that in giving my feedback here now. Second remark, this is the 10th of June and I have recently watched the first two episodes of the new NBC series Reverie. I have to say, I do like that series. Still a little less than The Crossing, but that uh, is logical because, in general, after two episodes you're not that invested into the main characters as after nine. For listeners that don't know it, Reverie is about a former hostage negotiator, Mara Kind, played by Sarah Sahi, an expert on human behavior. She takes a job saving people whose minds are lost in an advanced virtual rea- reality simulation called Reverie. In the process, Kind begins to work through a personal tragedy of her own past. For me, the first episode gave me a kind of Ready Player One feeling, but that is rap- rapidly changing after seeing the second episode as well. Okay the episode hope smiles from the threshold in this episode we learn that the lady in the back of the pub who she was it's diana or aka mary smith in my last feedback i said is she good is she bad is she one of the people from the first arrival group is she with or against lindauer and dr greta Pryor or eve i checked episode five in which uh, the first arrival group comes together and uh, she was not one of them now it's nice to know which important role she has played in the future and it's nice that she survived that i was not able to find her in looking back at the first arrival group in episode five was of course logical because she was in the second arrival group and like reese she was aside from the rest of the main group you actually should change the name of your podcast into the forty nine survivors podcast By the way, uh, my analysis of how large the first arrival group was in your episode 5 podcast was 25, and see here, Diana confirms that, and indeed it were 25, plus one child. At the end of the episode we learn that this child is Rachel, Caleb and Rebecca's daughter. Cool twist. I, I wonder what fight that will give. It seems that, how bad Lindauer may be, he is looking like a nice and caring father. After Jude and Diana finished their game of hide-and-seek, I liked the cooperation between Diana, Jude, and Esther. We all were also right about that landing up in the water by the second group was due to a, to a calibration mistake, caused by all the chaos at the departure, of course we now know that the first arrival group did arrive at the planned location. For funniest moment of the episode, when jude and nestor are in diana's workroom jude asks what is this and there are all kinds of machines and drawings there and the look on his face is just gold and then diana answers you wouldn't believe me if i told you later she explains that one of the machines should report possible new arrivals later on nestor is putting that uh, thing in the evidence room at the police station and when he turns his back to it and walks out I was fully expecting the needle would move, indicating a new arrival, without anybody knowing it then. We know Diana is going to build something to let people disappear, I really wonder how that will work out. I have one little nitpick, if they are going to work together, suddenly Marshall is there to help. Why did he came from? So suddenly, ok that he is going to help I understand, but there is no introduction how he suddenly landed up there. Last questions. I wonder why Agent Forrest lied to Lindauer about Naomi. Is it because he is starting to believe the whole story about people coming from the future and is starting to believe what Jude mentioned to him before about that people at the top are making strange decisions or is he really going for Naomi's commercial offer? Well, biggest question now is, will he survive? Okay. greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands.
2: Well, I'm glad you didn't decide to spoil the last two episodes. Thank you, Fred.
1: (laughs) I know it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, (laughs) I think think feedbacker is a new position on a football team, isn't it? Linebacker and feedbacker. There you go. Now, Fred's Um, always got some cool stuff.
2: Yes, he does. Yeah. And your comment about Reverie, I couldn't agree more with you. I am watching it, so. And I am not, but we to, will be talking
0: about it.
2: Yes, we will be talking about it on a future episode of Sci-Fi Talk. So. <laughs>
0: now
2: As far as this episode goes, wow.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I liked his comment about uh, Diana, the woman in the back of the pub. I right. found it interesting his comment about she wasn't, what was it was episode 5, wasn't in the first group. Right. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I, I really don't remember because that's the first time they've highlighted her. Well, then
0: it, doesn't she point out that she she came to you, but it was, like, later or further yeah. down? or
1: something? I think she does. Well, he says it's the second group.
2: Right, right. She came with the second group.
1: Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, jeez. Remember, because we saw right. that flash forward, back, back, forward thing. Yeah. yeah. Where she and her wife are, like, standing at the doorway of the Disney ride. And, yeah, yeah so. With that long line, yeah. Yeah, which I, you know, when he, when I first heard the thing, I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, well, they, oh, that's right, yeah, she was on the second group, duh. <laughs> that's how she was around. So
2: and screen capture of uh, all the people there in episode 5 that showed up. You nailed it with uh, yeah. being that's 25. A, well done,
1: sir. That's a great screenshot. Love it. Yep. Love it, love it, love it.
0: Plus one, yeah. I've one. Seen. Well... I was still unsure about who the child was. I'm glad that everybody was on board that they all knew who it was. I wasn't a hundred percent until I think, like you said, Lindauer's face.
1: Yeah. So. Oh, I mean, just the way his face turns.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Right.
1: Like I was coming. He luck.
2: just went yeah. into the mass panic
1: mode. <laughs> uh, he went from "I'm tough" to. Uh oh! <laughs> In like zero yeah. point six seconds, right? <laughs> uh, well, that was a, that was definitely a jaw dropper, right? As they said well, the name. I, mean,
2: I guess you can say that. Yeah he he did appear to be a, a good father, and and maybe that's where some of his uh, shall we say uh, issues with Eve are coming through. Is. She, he would apparently do that to his family. So. No,
1: I don't know. But
0: again, and I—I I don't know. I hate him so much in this, and like him in another show of ours. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna say so. With them talking about landing in the water, we do actually have confirmation with this episode why they yeah. landed, like. I think we were talking about earlier, and I'm glad that. You know, it wasn't actually planned. I'm going to just dump everybody in the water. But this finally does give, like, final thoughts to what we were talking about much earlier in the season. And I think, Terry, you brought it up, like, way back, episode probably two, you know, that maybe there wasn't water in that area originally. Right. Or at, at the point in time they were at.
1: Exactly. And here it was just, they were so rushed. It's like, uh well, uh, coordinates, uh yeah, here, just hit the button. Hope for the best.
0: Hope you're not in the yeah. button.
1: Yeah, it's like nobody brought their water moccasins with them, apparently. So, uh, no, so I like curious. my idea better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that
0: made total sense, and then now it's just like,
1: yeah, there's a
0: lot of stuff happening. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, when, when we finally saw the flashback back-forward forward vaccine, when everybody was, like, rushing in after the, the bombing started, it was like, yeah, when chaos sets in, logic, ten- logic and taking your time tend to go out the window. So. So that cleared that part up. Yes. And yeah.
0: then the funny moments. Yeah. You know what? She's so deadpan. I actually loved it because it worked perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with what's that? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. It's like, oh, okay. You know, but then he's going to side-eye it like, um, should not be I'm still saying
1: French press. <laughs> she really likes I her wonder, coffee. I wonder if her wife is the comic relief of the two of them. <laughs> like she, like like she's Doctor Deadpan, and her wife is Captain Comedy.
3: Oh jeez!
1: You know? They never know that Sometimes opposites attract. They say yep. so. And
3: good
0: to know that you also thought that the needle was going to just start moving randomly. Like I oh, wow. yeah.
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thought it could happen as well.
1: Ah, uh, that would oh, have been so cool. <laughs> I liked his point where he got into Marshall all of a sudden showing up.
0: Right, and being
1: all gung-ho. Um, we were saying, or at least I was, we were talking about earlier about, well, he's you know he's all crazy about Hannah, and he wants to jump in, and now all of a sudden, and Nestor, of course, is kind of giving him the side-eye thing. It's like, you're the local bad boy. Now you want to be Mr. Tough, and you want to jump in. And, of course, I think it was Steve or somebody who was saying about, can't have any more casualties. You know, we haven't had, had enough civilians involved in getting in trouble. And, the, and then how the whole thing ended up playing out, of course, at the gate was really awesome. But, yeah, I thought that was kind of odd that all of us I mean, you can, like I said, you could logicalize it in saying he's crazy for Hannah. And even Nestor says that when he gets to the gate. But it was just, it was kind of a, an odd thing, you know, thinking back, listening to Fred's comments. It was like, yeah, we're, you know, like, all of a sudden now he's like, because he didn't believe her, you know. And, and, and the first time they met very briefly, several episodes ago, He's kind of looking at her like first, he's like gaga eyed over, and then he's listening to her talk, and he's like, I don't think this girl's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then now all of a sudden, it's it's kind of come full circle. Right, right.
2: Yeah, but forget that it was Jude who decided that, yes, they needed to hide Diana away, and his place of hiding her was at Marshall's trailer. Exactly. Yep, That's true. That's really how Marshall got involved true. in all this. She yeah. ended up in trailers, so. And he's took them all. Yeah, as far <laughs> as Foster, yeah, that's we still don't really know. Yeah,
0: I he don't had believe a plan though.
2: For
1: what?
0: I do not believe that he was on board with the offer, though, Fred. I right. think he's just not really feeling that Lindauer is being truthful. Right. So, yeah. He's not buying yeah. what he's it's selling, like, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, we had mentioned that we didn't think Foster was drinking Lindauer's Kool-Aid. Yeah, and exactly. Guy.
0: And will he survive?
2: Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Damn, no, no. Uh, it's not looking good.
0: I never you know, feel good when somebody suddenly is like, oh, you were, you thought you were the good guy. Now you know what's up, and now you are the good guy.
1: You ain't going to make it.
2: No. Right. Red shirt all over the place. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, well, that's, uh, that's the, that's the sursign. Adios, amigo. Yeah, yeah. pretty
2: much. Yeah. Well, once again, Fred, thanks for your fantastic feedback. Yeah. Thanks, appreciate Fred. Appreciate as always. Right, right, right,
1: right. Yes, keep up <laughs> the good work. <laughs> thanks, and let Fred. us know how Italy was.
2: Well, once again, we want to thank everybody that is live tweeting with us. Always a blast. Tweeting with you guys, and it's so much fun and so enjoyable interacting with you. It's we can't say thank you enough for it.
1: So don't. (laughs) (laughs) And we ask to please uh, review and rate us over on that thing called iTunes. You know, with good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, and God knows we need to be found because boy, we're lost some days ourselves. So please tell your friends, and we hope that you are enjoying this podcast.
0: And, of course, we asked you to check out our website, www.fangirlzone.com. And you can find all of our contacts there. If you're not sure, we have Twitter at 47survivors. Our Facebook is at FGZone. Our Instagram is at the Podcast, And you can always send us emails at contactus@fangirlzone.com Fangirlzone.com.
1: Oh, I like that. So for this episode, this is Terry signing off saying, For my humor, here's a yellow and a white flower. But I'm keeping the hemp. Catch catch you all for the finale.
2: And this is Steve. People who don't have the strength to knock you over the head for your money resort to other means, like promising they're going to save the world.
0: And until next time.